0: Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today we're gonna to be talking about the waving of Paul Watson Jr., the signing of Lindy Waters the third, what it means for that roster. And then I'm also going to be talking about the Thunder's latest game against the Philadelphia 76ers. And to top it all off, I'll be giving you all a very special offer from my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. But guys, starting things out. This move actually happened yesterday, so a little late on the catch here. But it's still some pretty big news, and if you guys have been following the pod for the last couple weeks, months, hell, even the season, you know that I have mentioned Paul Watson Jr. has been on the hot seat all season long right now he's a 27 year old he's six foot six shooting guard small forward combo and he was signed to be a sharpshooter for the okc thunder you got rid of a 20 year old josh hall former five star looked like a pretty good athlete to get him and he has not been performing he did not perform with the thunder he was only able to play believe uh nine games three of those being starts not shooting well from the floor, shot a bleak 23% from distance, and at the G League level, didn't look all that great either, you know, in the winter showcase opener, uh, whenever you had that slate of 15 games, he averaged 13 points as a starter, but he shot 12 attempts per game, that was second highest on the team, I believe Trey Mann was above him, but Trey Mann also is not an OKC Blue dedicated player. Paul Watson Jr was that entire time. So that was not good for him. And then when he was uh, playing lately with the Oklahoma City Blue, he hasn't been all that amazing either. In 9 games in the G League regular season, only put up 9.4 points, 4.3 boards and 1.4 assists and 25.8 minutes, 30.2% from distance. When you look at his shooting averages while he was playing with the Toronto Raptors last year, He shot almost 50%. He shot a red hot 46.9% taking just about three attempts per game. Career 41% shooter as well. This guy was lethal and he didn't live up to the expectations in Bricktown with the Thunder or with the Blue. So for the last month, you started to see OKC sparingly use him really on both sides. He wasn't playing a lot with the Blue. He wasn't getting shots with the Thunder uh, and he was just an no man's land. If he was ever called up to the Thunder, it would be for the layup line and the sideline. He wasn't getting playing time. He played, I think, last week. That was the first time we saw him in well over a month. Uh, but only time you'd find him is when you're down 20. And for a 27-year-old you have on a two-way contract, it's a little bit dumbfounding when you know, you're know you rebuilding team in the Oklahoma City Thunder. So my logic has been from the get-go hey unless this dude is a role player on the daily for the okc thunder you should probably scrap him i've had my opinions on it and the okc thunder acted on it yesterday waving paul watson jr that opened up one of those two-way spots and in his place they threw a big curveball they signed former oklahoma state cowboy lindy waters the third and when this news dropped There was a lot of shock factor there but then you kind of settle into things when i look at lindy waters the third this is another sharpshooter that you're gonna find on the okc blue roster he's actually shooting very high percentages with the blue and he's 24 years old so you get three years younger with that and you upgrade what you want as a catch and shoot guy now at the surface level when i saw this I was kind of thinking to myself like is Lindy Waters the number one option and I think in terms of talent he's probably not the best guy the OKC Blue had to offer but for what the Thunder wanted he probably is I think he is the best catch and shoot off ball guy if you want to stick someone in the corner on that OKC Blue team it's going to end up being Lindy Waters the third so you can't really fault them you know he's played a decent amount for the Blue this year And he's actually shot above 50% from distance, shooting 51.3% on just over five threes a game. That's on 29 games. So he's had ample opportunities out there and he's looked very, very consistent. So going for the sharpshooter, Lindy Waters, you kind of got to ease into it, but it is a good pickup for the Thunder. Like I said, You know, when you're checking the the blue team, I think that if you're going on true talent, DJ Wilson obviously has to be number one. This guy's dropping double-doubles like it's nothing. When he was playing with the Raptors on 10-day deals, he was playing to the competition level. So don't know how he's not on a contract somehow. I I know the Celtics have three more. The Lakers might have one extra one. I feel like he's someone you sign for a playoff push. Uh, Maybe once you get into March... And April, but how about Melvin Fraser Jr.? This is the guy that I've been harping on for about two months now. Hopped on that train. He's been dropping 15 points almost any time he steps out there as a starter. And the defensive ability has been big with him. On top of this, he is a competent catch a shoot guy, but he's also a three-level scorer in the transition. I really believe he's the most reliable finisher on the OKC Blue roster. You look at his hard gathers, you look at his moving spins. He's got that package down, and he's even gotten some Euro steps uh, into his bag as well. So I think he's probably the best wing that they have, and this is a player that would work on a playoff contender, would work with the OKC Thunder, and he's an energy guy. So it's almost like a mini Kenrich Williams. Obviously, kind of a microcosm. You still got to work him up from where he's been at. But he's deserved a shot. And then, you know, for some wild cards, Rob Edwards, too. I mean, he's been up and down. He hasn't had a lot of minutes during regular season play. But, you know, he's a straight microwave, and that has some value in the league. But you end up going to Lindy, and you cannot fault them, like I said. Lots of people are saying, hey, Lindy maybe could be, you know, the next Duncan Robinson type guy where he's just this out-of-nowhere sharpshooter from the G League uh, do I see that? I got to see some samples from the NBA level. You know, when you look at him when he was playing with the Oklahoma City Blue, two very different players you saw. The showcase, Lindy Waters, was an entirely different player than what we've seen since January. When you look at him in the Showcase Cup playing games, he was a bench guy. And that's really where he was stuck to. You had Rob Edwards ahead of him. Melvin Frazier Jr. was there. You had Teo Maladone and Trey Mann always around. Ty Jerome might have even splotched in there for a game or something. But he wasn't playing above 20 minutes outside of like a red herring. You know, he had one game where he had 20 minutes. Outside of that, he was about the 12th man off the bench. I think Michael Benajay and Justin Jarowski were the only guys below him in terms of minutes played. So he wasn't given much light a day. Now, when you break down what he was doing, uh, he was doing all right from the floor. But, you know, when you only have about 20 shots to show for it, you can't get enough from that. So once you hopped into January, Grant Gibbs decided to give him some serious opportunities, and he ran with it. Three games into the regular season, he had 32 minutes, and he never really looked Back, lots of double-digit games for Lindy. He had a 26-point game against the Santa Cruz Warriors uh, on January 22nd, and that's kind of the game where I actually started focusing on Lindy as a potential candidate. Uh, and I talked to Mike Boynton actually two weeks ago, or whenever this happened, a couple days after the Santa Cruz game, there was a media availability, and he was talking about some G League guys. Lindell Wigginton was mentioned. And Lindy Waters got brought up to the table and, you know, I asked him, like, he's been playing well, he's gotten the starting gig, you know, what are your thoughts on him? Just mentions the hard work from Lindy Waters. Now he said... That he had a little bit more to go to become an NBA player, like he he had some areas. He said the same about Lindell Wigginton, but he admired the work. He mentioned how Lindy was going in and out of the gym. He was traveling to Stillwater uh, during the G League season and just grinding, getting these shots up. And the work looks to have paid off. You know, you talked to Boynton uh, yesterday in the press conference. He could have not been more ecstatic. He was so happy to see Lindy Waters in this situation. And sure, based on everything that he's had to work for, he has most definitely earned it. And his play has shown it as well. No fluke with the three-point numbers here uh, because he is a catch-and-shoot guy under Grant Gibbs. You know, shooting 51% from distance. Come on, man. Come on. that That is wild. And... Overall, he's shooting 67% uh, on twos, so uber efficiency here. Now, he wasn't taking a lot of shots there, granted, but, you know, if he's slipping inside for a layup, he can hit it. Uh, truthfully, you know, this this might be uh, one of those guys where you got to stick him to the three-point line. I wouldn't call him a one-trick pony, but right now, if I'm Mark Dagnalt, I'm pinning him to kind of the corner-sitting role and kind of living with it because he is better than what Paul Watson Jr. was giving you. Paul Watson Jr. was that corner sitter when he was out there. And you look at the Thunder, who are just abysmal from downtown, let's call it how it is, they could really use someone in the corner. They could use a player that SGA or Josh Giddy could just leech off of for production because off of the, dri- like the dribble drive or off a high ball screen, you start to see people just completely forget about the corner if you have Poku Darius Bazley out there on the corner just forget about it they're not going to get covered they they want that shot to get thrusted up there they'd rather double team SGA double team giddy or make sure to seal off the paint from a dump off pass when Lindy Waters there you get a guy who statistically right now has been shooting very very well and there's really no risk to this two-way contract so you throw in a new element of surprise from distance and I really think it could shake things up. And he's not like the Ty Jerome where he's at the one. Uh, this is a guy who's playing the wing. So he's playing the two or the three. Stealing wise, he, that's kind of his strong suit defensively. I think, you know, he could kind of get a little bit better in that area. But he can be a pickpocket. I think that's all that matters right now. This is an offensive play for the Thunder. And you have to give them props Given the situation, given what Paul Watson Jr. was bringing you, this might have been the best one-for-one upgrade. Now, if you wanted a wing prospect, Melvin Fraser Jr. is right in that conversation. He's more of the the two-way guy, but it might be a little bit redundant with Kenrich Williams already there. So this could have actually been the right call. I would expect that Lindy has to kind of move into the motions here with the Thunder There are a lot of guys who have been in and out of the blue this year. You have Poku, Ty Jerome, Trey Mann, Isaiah Roby, Teo Maladon. So there are options there. And Vit Kredge, how could I forget about him? So he's familiar, but he kind of has to familiarize himself with the top guys, the starters. And I would assume he'll probably break into the garbage time minutes. Now, in today's game, that wasn't necessarily the case. But I think he could kind of prosper into that. And on a two-way contract where there are no game restrictions, I'm sure he's going to be traveling on these road games with the Thunder. There's only one remaining home-home set with the Blue and then the Thunder going in later at night. So they'll have to make some decisions on how they want to utilize Lindy. I would think they want to play him above, though, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. With the shot he's had, you really cannot blame him. Goes from a guy who's feeding off a bench minutes to someone who actually stole the starting spot from Paul Watson Jr. And, you know, he was contending right there with, uh, you know, the top three, four guys with the Oklahoma City Blue. So you got to tip your cap off to Lindy Waters. I'll get into the story with him probably in the next week or so. But it is a very wild run uh, that he's had. Hometown kid, born and raised in Oklahoma. He played in Norman North. He had Trey Young as kind of his arch nemesis there. Oklahoma State gets in the mix, plays four season. Uh, He's on the summer league roster with the Thunder. Didn't really break out necessarily. But, you know, that's when you get to present day with the blue. And then uh, now the Thunder. So very cool story with Lindy Waters. Just kind of telling you never to give up. Uh, He's been pursuing it for a while. And the hard work has most definitely paid off for the 24 year old so best of luck to him uh, but I want to talk about Lindy and I want to talk about the rest of the team in one second here with their recent game against the Philadelphia 76ers but first want you guys know about the special offer going on with my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country, and new customers can get a free shot at a million dollars as the top prize with their first deposit. Here's what you have to do for the offer. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. That's 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467 467- three six nine but pivoting off from the Lindy Waters story we gotta see his debut against the Philadelphia 76ers this is a 76ers team fresh off of trading Ben Simmons Andre Drummond Seth Curry and two first round picks and they get James Harden in return but James Harden was a no-show Brandon Rabar said it best you got Lou Dort against you if I'm James Harden I'd wait for the Medicals to come in an extra day. Don't face the man. He decides to dodge it. So you get a different starting rotation for them. They're down a little bit there. But the Thunder, they aren't armed with SGA. So they have to get a little bit funky here with their starting unit as well. Ended up fielding a starting five of Trey Mann, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, and Derek Favors at the five. You have to remember... Right now, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is out. He's expected to be out for a decent bit. I believe four to six weeks might have been the timetable. Might have to double check on that, but he's not going to be playing for a while. So Derek Favors has to be the starter. Mike Muscala is also hurt. So that's kind of what you're working at there. And for the Thunder, or for the 76ers, you got Maxie, Cork Maz, Harris, and Embiid. So they're still standing uh, for the most part with their starting five but you kick off this game and this is one where you see no separation in the first quarter 24 to 24 was the score through 12 minutes when you kind of break down the numbers of what that looked like it was the Lou Dort show four of seven from the floor he was up to nine points and then Joel Embiid he was the star for the 76ers and he already had a double double in 10 minutes of run, 11 points and 10 boards, you look at the distribution, he only shot two of seven, but he got to the foul line whenever he wanted to, took 8 attempts, made 6 of them, and had 4 offensive rebounds to make the second chance points a lot more accessible to him, so that's kind of where they were fueling off of going into that second quarter, and for the Thunder, they were still fighting in the second quarter. So, you did have one where the Thunder they weren't doing great uh scoring wise in the second, but neither were the Philadelphia 76ers and they ended up going into a low halftime total. Philly was up 46 to 41, but all things considered, that is a major victory against the 76ers with the MVP front runner and Joel Embiid right now. You got Derek Favors matched up against him and your second unit guy is Isaiah Roby. So you gotta have a smile going into the locker room there. The one thing, you did have Joel Embiid with that eruption in the first no-go in the second quarter. He only had two points. So that's really how you get to that margin. But, you know, they're going into the second half and it's a legitimate toss-up. This was one, though, where you started to see things crumble for the Thunder. They get down double digits in the frame and they end up being out 16 points going into the fourth quarter. They got outscored 31 to 20 in that frame and a lot of it is due to Joel Embiid once again. He was hovering around a 20-20 game with 20 points and 20 boards going into the third or ending that third quarter. Didn't end up getting it But he was right on the cusp of it. So you go into the fourth quarter, uh, and it's kind of on the brink of a blowout here. If the 76ers manage to push it out to 20 or so points, you might want to start throwing the towel there. They don't end up doing that, but the fourth quarter was a bit of a thrashing. They're able to get a real foothold on things. They get the lead up to 19 points about three, four minutes into the fourth quarter. And that's where you start to see the bench mobs uh, go in for both sides. For So for Mark Dagnall, guys like Alexei Pokashevsky, Teo Maladone, Isaiah Roby, and Vic Kretschy, of all people, they start going out there uh, to field some reps. And then for the 76ers, you got the guys like Paul Reed, Shake Milton, George Nang, and a couple other guys mustering up some minutes um, that they otherwise wouldn't have because he already had a pretty bench-heavy deep team there in Philly. But everyone's getting their run. And then Oklahoma City just lights on fire with a G League team for the most part. You look at what they had from a roster construction standpoint. Teo Maladone's there. I think Kenrich Williams was one of the members uh, during this push. Poku, Shevsky, Vit Kredchi, and then it was Isaiah Roby or Derek Favors there filling out the five spot. Three out of your five guys are Oklahoma City blue players. And you can say a Poku... You know, he's been playing with the Thunder uh, very well the last week. But, you know, when we're talking January and February, he's been an Oklahoma City Blue player. He's been playing with the Blue, and his numbers have not been that amazing, if we're just going to keep it real. And with Teo Maladone, you know, he's been great with the OKC Blue, but he hasn't touched the floor with the Thunder. So you got three guys that are, have kind of been in the same system for a month. Fit credchy hasn't played actually in over a month in NBA time was able to play his first G League game in a month uh, earlier on in this week but they just get that three-man game going Alexei Pokashevsky's lighting it up Teo Maladon's getting into the motions and you go from a game that's breaking on you know 20 points to them just chipping and chipping away you get this game down to 10 with a little above four minutes to go and then you tap into really close territory They get the game down to six with under three minutes to go in the game, 88 to 82 off of a Teo Maladon three, and you had to get the Philadelphia starters out there, and even before it got down to six, you know, we're talking, it's about a 10, 12 point game. Doc Rivers points at Joel Embiid, he points at Tyrese Maxey, points at Tobias Harris and says, get out there, you got to close the game out, and it looked like they would not be able to. Now, Tobias Harris was wide open from the left wing. He hit a three to put them up nine. And they were able to shut the door on this. But this was a 19-point game. And the G League team was able to chop it down with a 13-point swing. You have to commend that. And this is a major plus for the Thunder. They end up losing this game 100-87. But that's not the point here. You look at the, the minor comeback or the streak that they put on. Oh my goodness, that was more special than some of the other things we saw in the first and second quarter where they were hanging around. You're getting 20-year-olds and what, a 21-year-old and Vic pioneer pioneering runs and they haven't played NBA basketball in a freaking month and they're doing it against all-star caliber players. So round of applause, but oh my goodness, man, this was one of the more fun games to watch of the season just seeing them chip away at things you start seeing Alexei Pokashevsky coming to his own Vic Kredge probably the best game he's had in an NBA uniform granted he hasn't had a lot there but he was all right and then even Teo Maladone got into the action so I was proud of all of them and really I was proud of this entire group but you break down the numbers you look at the Philadelphia 76ers Joel Embiid continues his MVP campaign gets 25 points again in a game 25 points and 19 rebounds to his name he had no offensive rebounds outside of that first quarter though so that's the one good silver lining Tyrese Maxey he was the other man who shut things down he had a very clutch step back three to really put that cap on the game uh, but 24 points on 9 of 14 shooting they are very lucky to have him After the Harden dealing. And then Tobias Harris. Mr. 36 million dollars himself. He puts up a double double. With 17 points. And 11 rebounds on the day. Paul Reed. The guy that I adore. I wanted the Thunder to trade for him. Somehow acquire him. He finishes with 6 points and 7 boards in 13 minutes. Had an insane transition. A dunk attempt. Where... He ends up picking the pocket on an inbound pass. Looks like he's going to do a reverse jam, and then he just completely loses his footing, uh, and he damn near takes Darius Baisley out in the process. But, wow. Um, yeah, he's a high flyer when when he's able to jump. Uh, he, he couldn't jump on that play uh, for one, one reason or another. But, yeah, uh, holding the 76ers to 100, that's really good in a the game. They held them to 7 of 26 from 3, so they shot just 26%. But it didn't get much better for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They actually shot their worst outing from distance this year. And this is one of the worst teams statistically in the last 10 years from deep that we're talking about. OKC rolls out a 6 of 35 rack. That's 17.1% from beyond the arc. And they weren't able to get out uh, get out to the free throw line either. They only had a Baker's dozen, hit 11 of them, which is great, but you can't counteract a 6 of 35 pallet with just 12 shots and 11 makes come on now so they they couldn't really get anything going there you kind of just had to look towards specific players to field the offense for you and Derek Favors happened to be one of them this was a very inside out game for both sides led to a lot of those bigger players getting their one shining moments Favors gets to play 28 minutes And he drops a season-high 16 points with 9 rebounds, 8 of 13 on the game. Just the easy flip shots. If you're inside 5 feet, you should probably rely on Derek Favors. That's what they ended up doing. I don't think he wins player of the game, though. Alexei Pokashevsky does. And Poku has been on a terror these last 3 games. The averages on the points, I believe, are 15.6 right now. Uh, But... You know, it's it's not just about that. You know, it's about the consistency he's bringing. You know, he's not dropping a 30-piece and following up with, like, a 5-point game and an 8-point game. Does it still get you to the same ballpark average? Sure it does. He's getting 15, 16, 17 points during this patch. And he wasn't even doing this with the Oklahoma City Blue. Literally, uh, he was probably more flaky with the Blue than he was with the Thunder this year. So to see him come out of that and come out on top uh, from what it looks like is spectacular he ends up shooting seven of 11 in this game one of four from distance so you break it down this man ended up shooting six of seven on twos and then he also gets six rebounds to go along with it and he only had two turnovers which has kind of been a problem with him uh, as he's gone through his career but yeah he's found some consistency if I'm Mark Dagnall you keep riding the wave here I talk about it, and I'll talk about it again, like with Poku, he hasn't earned uh, the credibility just yet to be a reliable double-digit scorer, but the pieces are all there. Seven-footer, lanky frame, you look at his shot, you look at his plan transition, you know, it's almost ridiculous seeing some of these NBA guys try to guard him here, and you look at some of these, like, uh, these jab steps, and you look at... Uh, some other gathers that he's able to do. This man covers like five feet of distance off of these things, and they're just standing there. They can't do anything about it. So you know, with another summer's work, maybe he bulks up a bit more, and he gets more consistent. Oh yeah, you're looking at a long-term piece. But yeah, good play by the Thunder not moving Poku. I don't really think it was ever really in the conversation here. Uh, But yeah, he's starting to prove people wrong, and he's starting to get his rhythm going again. So do not kill the mojo. Even once it starts going down, I say, hey, keep it going. You don't have SGA. You don't have Muscala. You don't have Jeremiah Robinson Earl. If it turns into a tank train, make him the tank conductor. Completely fine with me. Uh, And another guy that you can do this with, too, is Teo Maladon. He plays 17 minutes in the game, three points and two assists. Shoots just one of six from the floor, so that's not great, but also like his ability as a playmaker he looked a little bit frazzled uh off of some penetrations tonight i don't know if it was a matter of uh, play design or whatnot but you know he's getting into like the five foot range and going up looking like he was going to take a shot but he was smothered so he just starts rifling passes at people's hands and that turns into turnovers obviously Uh, but you know for the most part he's a consistent enough playmaker that i like him off of the bench Ty Jerome's another one of those consistent guards. He shot 0 of 7, so you didn't have much there. He did have 5 assists. You look towards the starters again, though, for the main production. Darius Baisley, 14 points and 15 rebounds. The production continues for the New Balance intern. 5 of 10, 2 of 4 from distance, and 2 of 2 from the charity stripe. He looked good. And for Lou Dortz, he did kind of fizzle down. Uh, after that first quarter, but he did get 15 points, 6 of 17, just 1 of 5 from deep though, probably would like to see him shoot a bit better from downtown, but nobody could hit their shots anyways, Josh Giddey's included here, he shot 2 of 7 for 9 points, had 7 boards and 5 assists to go along with it, and Trey Mann was not hot, microwave was not popping off, 1 of 8 shot chart, 0 of 4 from downtown, He finishes with two points, one rebound, and comes up with zero assists. This is one that kind of gets swept under the rug here, but Isaiah Roby was playing in this game. He played 12 minutes, one of four from the field, only had two points and two steals in this game. But I would expect him to keep at it with the 16 to 18 minute rolls and at a five spot. I think that could do some serious damage for you. I pitched the idea late in the game. Like, hey, Mark Dagnall should just straight up play the Oklahoma City Blue. Get Teo out there. Lindy's at the two. Vic Critchie's at the three. Poku's at the four. And Roby's at the five. What's going to go wrong? It didn't look like much went wrong uh, because that run that they gave off. They were just missing the final two pieces with Roby and then getting Lindy out there again. But Lindy only played 54 seconds in this game. He was kind of just out there for, like, late quarter situations if they had the ball last and they wanted a three-point shooter just throw him out there he didn't take a shot um, but it's nice to see him get his debut in as number 12 he ditched number 43 for this next line of apparel and then for Vit crunchy and his return back he's looking good man I mean, he's a legit passer. The jump passes in the G League have been ridiculous. He's one of the more consistent playmakers on that blue team, and he doesn't have any mishaps around the basket either. He's been a gym, so I think he's going to translate, and everybody's probably going to flock to him. But he finishes with four points and he has two assists to go along with it in eight minutes. Just a really good glue guy, and then even defensively, um, he does have a pretty decently sized body. This is a six foot eight point guard. He's listed at 195, but I do not buy that. Dude's at least 210 pounds. Very big, very big man. So hoping he gets to continue to play. A lot of this was due to situation uh, with some of the players getting to play out the the conclusion of it, but it was for the better. And now there's going to be some questions rolling into the Oklahoma City Thunders' next game. That next game is going to be played tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls. They're going to cap off the back-to-back set, face up against Billy Donovan, the former head coach here. And we'll see how that one shapes up. But that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.